Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Hey, world. Hey, friends. You know, do you have your coffee? Do you have your water? We do. And I am just excited. I, oh, man, I'm so excited. My guest today is fantastic. I enjoyed our previous conversation. She's an international marketing leader, former consultant. She's very strong, very, cre- very creativity-minded uh, as a marketing leader, world traveler, a linguist, also a chef and filmmaker, global marketing and communications vice president at Stefanini. Carla Ferber, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And that's especially after listening to all that, I keep thinking, well, who, who is this person? Is that, that is sounds this person? like, is it me or? <laughs> uh, uh, well, there was more. I had to just, I had to trim it down for time. I, we could go back. Thanks. Thanks. The unabridged version. Um, yeah, you're, you're so busy. You're taking care of different geographies and I love your approach. So I can't wait to get into it. The theme really around today is idea of creativity, um, and then also AI, really wanting to get your sense on both of those topics, how they come together, um, where computers come to play, where human creativity comes into play, and then all of that. So one of the things I want to do to start the show off is pass you something over here. It's really heavy. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Here you go. You got it? Yes. Got it. Okay. It's Thor's hammer. And it's, and it's big and it's bad. And, and you smash for me some kind of myth bogus strategy misconception set the record straight once and for all thinking about ai specifically is that ai can actually think and do everything for you ai when we say artificial intelligence it doesn't mean ai is going to take over the world and be thinking about us and we're all going to lose our jobs and oh my god the future is going to be lost because machines are taking over right that's not going to happen i mean Machines can never be humans. They cannot be creative. And creative is something that belongs only to human beings. And that's, I think, the core of uh, having a happy life and a happy job and, and, and being alive. Uh, I, on my point of view, we always have to search for something new, something better. Even when we do marketing, that's what we're doing. We're attracting leads. We want to generate revenue for our own business. And to do that, we need to be distinctive, unique. Uh, we wanted to to stand out out there. So you have to be creative. Even in our life on daily basis, it's boring if you do always the same thing. Oh, so yeah. Machines, uh, AI can actually take over all the repetitive activities that we do. Everything right. you do the same. But the thinking, the logic, the rational, and to design a new, something new and be creative, that's us. So in, in any marketing team, what we wanted today is to have creative minds. And make use of technology, make use yeah. of AI to support us, to allow us to have more time. Uh, sometimes we get caught on a daily basis and we haven't got time to think and to be creative because we are just putting out fire. And we go from morning to the end of the day, what did you do? And you stop it, well, it didn't really produce anything. Right. So AI has to help us to, to, to do all those uh, uh, of course, it's going to integrate and it's going to give us more data that before we didn't have access to that. Now you can have that data much faster and quicker and take actions. So when we're thinking about marketing, 
we have to think about all the different moments of uh, awareness and engagement and what are activities we and we can use AI on all different moments but I mean a myth is uh, uh, AI it's not going to take over the world it's <laughs> never going to be creative it's never going to substitute us we are made of emotions we are made of uh, 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 feelings that's why we can be creative and think about new 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 and how to differentiate ourselves and that has to be human you know, it's a really good point you raise around the emotional, the emotions and feelings, all the, the goopy stuff that we're full of that you probably wouldn't want to program into something because it would just make it so crazy. <laughs> but that's, that's the, the strength that we have too, is that we have feelings, uh-huh. we have pains and pleasures, and we have all these thoughts and crazy thoughts. And that, you know, can, that can be that spark of creativity. Whereas the machine, it's almost like let, let them do their specialty. Humans, we come up with crazy things. Um, and, and, and machines, they're great. They don't get bored. They're like, this is great. You know, Casey opened his laptop again. Let's do another podcast. It's, it's not like, oh God, an, another subroutine to run. They're happy to do the repetitive things that a lot of times humans get bored with. So it's like to each their own. Uh, that's a really good point. Uh-huh. And I think um, talking about feelings and even we, we, we work with technology. We, so we sell solutions being digital. Everything is about the digital transformation, how to become digital now more than ever. Uh, so, and, and it's hard when you're selling something that, first of all, it's not a single product. It's hard to explain. It's not something that's ready out of the shelf and it's technical. So initially it's kind of boring because you know you're selling something that people don't really understand what it is. So you get the attention when you, get, when you add rational to emotion. So when you have that ration, emotional rationality kind of thing, because you're only going to get the attention of someone when, they, when there's some feelings with, with that. So that's something we, we see on the results every time we put an ad out there or we make a campaign or anything. The campaigns that are with more emotions and, and, and feelings are the one that has better results, even to sell something very, very rational. Interesting. So even if the thing you're selling is the most rational of all purchases, the ads that work best are the emotional ones. The one that's going to, you have to have some element that's oh. going to catch your attention. Some element that's going to make, make that ad to be, or that approach to be more memorable than the other ones. The ones that are memorable, but the ones that makes you feel something. The ones you don't feel anything, it just passed by in front of you. Yes. Like so many things pass by in front of us and we don't even memorize. There is tons of uh, researches that we do when if I show you six different ads at the same time, what are you going to memorize? What are you going to have? You're not going to memorize the six of them. You're going to remember maybe two or three of them. And sometimes you don't remember the brand, you remember the topic, or you don't remember the category, or you don't remember the message. I mean, it's very rare, the ones that you remember everything. What was the the category? What was the message? So, because that's what we wanted. And the ones that have some... Uh, uh, feelings or uh, emotional appealings are the ones that you tend to remember more, even that doesn't matter what you're selling. Mm-hmm. Hey, so true. I, sometimes the most fun dinner conversations are, do you remember that ad where this and this happened and, oh my gosh, that was so funny. Everyone laughs. And then the question comes up, wait, who is that for even, you know, like, I don't even know what brand was that. For? <laughs> That's true. You can repeat the whole story, but you don't remember. Yeah. It was a bank. And then, right. Was remember. it a bank? Was it a car commercial? Yeah. I have no idea. 
And then you see the name of a competitor. And then we go, oh my God, we're actually advertising for the competitor. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah, right. When you're doing the research and you see, oh my God, that's not really linked to the brand. We're helping the the competitor. Let's redo that. Right. right. We pass that before we actually launch it. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it, so those are the three parts. It's interesting, the brand, the category, and the message. The, do, you, do you watch ads thinking about those filters? Or sometimes you just watch? No, I, I was married for years and years with a film director, advertising oh, no kidding. Film director. And it was so funny because we would be watching an ad or something, and then I would like look at it and say, oh, my God, who was the dumbest that actually approved that script? Right. Goes, That's amazing. I love that film. I said, what do you mean you love? Because we are looking at the same thing but with totally different perspectives. So he was looking as the camera or, uh, I mean, the lightning, his point of view to that ad, it wasn't the storytelling. It was different technical aspects. I was talking about the branding. What would be the reflect of that message on the brand? So it would be so funny. At the same time, we say, oh, my God, who is a dumb person that approved that script? And then he would say, no, that's amazing. So it's, it's really funny. Yes, every time I see... Uh, uh, it could be a post, it could be a 15 seconds film or anything. You, you are thinking, I am thinking, what is the main message? What that brings to the brand? Or, I mean, I, I worked at Unilever for several years and we always thought about the, we learned quick way of evaluating a, a NAD position. Yeah. So you go for the smile. Is it simple? Is it memorable? Is it linked to the brand? Is it intriguing? So, so those are things that you always have to think about it when you're actually looking at a at, at, at main message that you have to talk to your, to your target, whatever target audience is. Got it. What's so, the L and the E? Got me curious. Because it's a link. It's not necessarily the first letter. So it'd be in the middle. So memorable, simple, memorable, smile. Let me see. Uh, smile. Simple, memorable, intriguing, linked to the brand. And uh, what was the E again? It will come to my mind. It will come to you. But, you know, that link to the brand, I think sometimes people leave that off to our earlier story. It was a great ad. Or in your, in your case, you know, it was filmed beautifully. Oh, wow. It's like Apocalypse Now was filmed in this, this uh, style of this and that. But no one remembers what the brand was. Um, or yeah. it was a terrible <laughs> ad. It's like the balance of the art of it versus the purpose of it. Or even the message. Sometimes we get yeah. so carried away on what we, we are. We, we forget that we are paid to think about that topic. So for us, that becomes so normal. And we don't get out of it and have an overview to see if that's common to the other people that are not thinking 24 hours by day on that topic or that product on that segment. So for us, something might be so obvious. And it's not obvious for whoever is not being paid to think about that all the time. Right. So, we have to see that message is simple and, and uh, it, it's clear to understand. It's something we forget about it. We go into details and we don't go high, take over, look and see, oh, I'm explaining it in a simple, quick way. I love that. It, that that's, a, that's a quote unto itself. I feel like you're full of all these wisdom <laughs> chunks. It's like if, like if this podcast is a bowl of ice cream, you're like the ice cream with those <laughs> chunks of like amazing – like, I don't know, you know, like a Ben and Jerry's where you have like a <laughs> cookies and cream right in there. Um, you said we are paid to think about the topic, you know, and 
And we, I think everyone needs to think about that. All the marketers need to think about that. Yeah. You are paid to think about this topic. Your customer, your prospect, the people you interact with, they they, they're not paid. They don't care. It's not relevant to them. The it's same relevant. It's relevant to you. So yeah. They're not going to give you the same attention, the same importance that you are giving it. Right. Right. <laughs> how do you balance? Like, it's almost like, how do you live with a filmmaker? How do you, how do you balance the, the art of an ad or the art of a campaign with the intended purpose of it, which is like, we want the smile. We want the link to the brand. We want people to buy more of us be, or trust us because they saw this ad. But then you have, sometimes we can get creative. You know, we can go, oh, look at the beautiful landing page or look at how this, this shot was, was shot in like a fisheye lens with a this and this. And it's like, that's cool, but <laughs> did, did it touch, did, did it make an yeah. emotional impact with the audience? How do you balance the creative people around you? I think we have to be careful. So all the marketers, they want to do something that's that really artistic and really cool and really trendy and really nice. But we have to yeah. think about who the audience is. Right. And what is the brand image and perception that you want to give it? Uh, sometimes I don't want to be the most expensive or I don't want to be the most clever or the, depends where are you, which niche of the market are you choosing? Right. So what is the brand perception you want to have? And then, talk the same language as your target is talking. And, and today, more than ever, we are all impatient. Not only uh, 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 Z generation. We want to hear only what's relevant to us. So it's like if all the marketeers, we should know exactly what is relevant for each one of the persons. That's why we are creating all these personas. Right. So uh, uh, when we are searching for that design or the artistic, uh, we have to talk the same language. If I'm talking to farmers, I'm not going to be having that high lightning image or like with a very modern, that, that, that's not the language. That's not what they think is important. That's not relevant to them. Right. That may be thinking that's going to be too much upscale. It's not for me. They won't even look at what your ad right. because you're not talking to their language. So I think it's, it has to be very clear who your target audience is, what is relevant for them, and what is the brand perception and image that you want to build? And right. then a combination of all that, it's how much artistic or how much, I mean, production values you can always have. Sure. Focusing exactly what you want to master, what the main message is and who, what is the language of your uh, uh, target audience. So it doesn't mean that being artistic or modern or super cute and girly. But you know, one of the points you brought up is that you know, they're impatient, get to it. And you know, speak in their language. And, and, and I think sometimes we put so much of this flowery language in mm -hmm. front of the message that you're right. If I put a bunch of goofy stuff in front of a message to a farmer and he's like, man, I gotta get back out there. I gotta get back <laughs> to the fields. I don't have time for the sassafras attitude here. It's like, no, your tractor will not break down. This is how it's going to, you know, it's like get to it so that they can yeah. understand what they need to get from that message. It makes a lot of sense. And that's why one of the things that we say more and more about how uh, images with movements like films are getting more and more important because we are all getting lazy. So if I have to read a white paper with 12 pages, Ugh. oh my God, that's time consuming. That's going to demand. But I mean, only for really, really, depending on stage of my buying cycle, I am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and true. I might really want to, okay, now I really have to learn and study that. But depending yeah. on it, most, most of the times I have like 30 seconds 
in a film. That, I can, chances of your audience actually getting your message, if you make a short video, it's way higher than if you make them read the whole paragraph uh, of something or uh, uh, like a brochure, a huge message. If you make it easier for your target to absorb the message, higher chances of them actually paying attention to it. So right. Films are right. becoming more and more, and so quicker too. If you see like even in a post, when you're having social media, we post a film, we know that in average, they're gonna watch your film for seven to 13 seconds. So yeah. why are you gonna make it two, two minutes? Right. right. So if you don't really, and if you have the opening of your video, like five seconds, it's gone. I mean, you already waste right. half of the time just with a cute, like fancy opening. You're wasting time to send You're right. a message. You're right. I may give it like any video, give it like five seconds, be like, do I want to watch this? And yeah. if you spend that entire time with this slow splash of your logo on this, like, <laughs> yeah. I've, already, I've already clicked on. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know. It's on, yeah, we're, we're out of there. Um, man, how do you, talking about the, you know, getting the people around you, what, what is creativity to you? Because I know we've, we've been hinting at it, we've been talking about it, and I want to I start there with the creativity and then talk more about AI mm -hmm. after that. But tell me about creativity, like how do you foster it on your team? What is it even, and what are your expectations around it? I think creativity is the way we live. I mean, it's, it's part really? of the questioning. It, it's always, uh, how, how can I do better? How can I, we always, we all want to stand out, especially when we do marketing to be seen. Uh, and so you, if you don't constantly every day keep asking, what can I do that's new? And, and I also, I think that I'm pretty afraid of routine. I, I, I hate the routine. I think if we can make something a little extraordinary out of the routine, it makes us smile. It makes me happier. I, I get yeah. bored if I do the same. So I guess it's a little bit of my personality plus wanting to be different, wanting to be seen. So, but it's something you every day have to question to yourself. I mean, is that everyone out there doing the way I am? I mean, is the results that I'm getting good right. enough? How could I get better results? I mean, is that possible? What is the market average? And then how can I be a little more? So it's just not being, not accepting whatever you're doing on a daily basis and wanting to, to, to have more and to want more that makes you to be creative. I don't want to be more and you have more just to be the biggest and the best, but I want it because I want to be the unique, the distinctive. I want to be seen. I want to be known. Um, so I, I think on that, even the way we work. So can we do that in a better way? So I'm always asking with my team, what is the working process that we're doing? Is that being quick or fast? Can we do it in a better way? And even we have a marketing plan. Once a year, we have to pro plan the, the year, the next year. Right. So everyone in my team knows they will have to bring something new to the table for next year. You right. cannot do the work you were doing last year the same way next year. So everyone that's already in the team, they know, oh my God, what I'm going to bring. And if anyone, <laughs> it could be lead generation, lead management. It could be the designer. It could be the writer, the content developer. It could be the events. I mean, what kind of events are you bringing that's new? I mean, don't right. sponsoring events like we are. Okay, we can, we will sponsor events. What is going to be different this time that we're sponsoring Gartner again? So we can't do a booth like we did last year. What's new? So it's always challenging yourself. I think that's something that's on you. It's, it's the same. And 
there is no such a thing. I haven't got anything to do. I mean, you're not being, you're not thinking what could you do differently? Right. There's always things to do for you. You always have done and you, 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 you do your day by day and that's it. Maybe you're not the perfect fit for our group to be part of our team. Right. It, it, on that note, are there people that aren't creative? Yeah. Or is that like a part of all of us where we're all? No, no, no. It, it's not a part of us. Uh, okay. I mean, and it's not right or wrong. Okay. I mean, there is no right or wrong. Uh, I mean, sometimes and we need, imagine if all of us wanted to do everything different. Oh my God, we would be bumping all over. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. so I had a, a person in my team and he was very good. He was very great. But he worked on the same automotive company for years, 20 years, almost 15 years. And, yeah. and one day he came to me and, and it was like, Carla, it's not working after two or three months. It was like, it's not working. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable. I need to know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I cannot plan something. And then in the middle of the, way we, the day, we change and we change and we change. Because we do. So we plan the week or we plan the days. And if sales comes with a big client or a big thing, we will put that in the middle and we will do two or three things at the same time. We don't work anymore with a project planning a year. If the right. idea is great, we can launch a project in two or three months. Or depending if the, the idea is great, we put more cash in it and, and things happen faster. Even with the digital world today makes the things happen faster. And some people, they just, they, they're perfect to execute. And we need those people that are executing also. And they need to feel comfortable. They need to see, to be able to visualize everything uh, uh, and to know where things are and where they're going to be tomorrow. And the space for them is, is a different. And there's a lot of people like that. And that's important for the machine to work too. Sure. Uh, I mean, not everyone feels comfortable with changing constantly. Some people feel insecure. Some people feel uh, unstable. Uh, maybe that could be a support area. I think in marketing, it, it, it's, it's easier, but depending also. But again, today, I think the repetitive actions can be done by by, by machine. machines or technologies. Yeah. So, but on some areas, you do need more of a, uh, taxes or finance maybe or some sure. areas you do need to have you can't be you can always think i'm thinking out loud now yeah example, no, this i'm is thinking right. i'm thinking about legal even something that we think is very boring right, right. i'm thinking about a legal so there is this uh, um, guy that worked with us uh, he was responsible for legal for the immigration every all the process because we have people sure. all over the countries uh coming in and out in the night and I remember one of the things that we really, why we like RJ so much, because he's creative. He yes. always finds a creative way. Even being a lawyer and the process, the immigration process for visas, for green cards, for whatever, from all different countries, from, could be anywhere to anywhere. I mean, um, it's always the same process coming in and out. I mean, he always visas. He's always, even like that, he always finds a way to be creative. Now, I think That's I like really it better. That's a good point around law. No, that's a really good point. I think sometimes even with like contract law, you think, oh, well, that must be the most boring, repetitive person. But no, they have yeah. to brainstorm. What kind of goofy thing could some yeah. terrible person invent or other company invent to try to get out of paying us or try to like what, what kind of loopholes could possibly exist? And they have to be creative. Yes, you could research previous loopholes from 1966. But at the same time, like using what you know and your information, that there's a creativity there to where – where if you just had a machine looking at that, it might plug gaps, but you're going to consistently be attacked on the gaps that haven't been mm-hmm. kind of like viruses yeah. and ransomware yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
it's, it's a looking at things in a different way. Look at things in a different right. angle. So I think creativity is not only designing, it's being, it's look at things in a different way. Right. So uh, um, my dad used to say, everything is like a triangle. My point of view, your point of view, and the truth. They are different things. So not <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. The way I look, the way you look, and the truth normally tend to be different. Sure, sure. So, it, it, that's how people get in disagreements is when they're really off. Because yeah. <laughs> then it just nothing really happens. Do Quick question. Do you... Um, do you expect everyone on the team to be changing things every time? Or to your point, are there some people at like, is it like a level thing? Like your managers are all being created or do you expect everyone to be bringing ideas to the table? No, everyone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Everyone. Love that. Uh, so it could be, no, everyone has to be creative and you have to do your job in a better, because I want everyone to grow because if you grow, right. you improve, then we all do. I mean, uh, uh, when I started the marketing department in uh, in um, in US here for Stefanini, we were uh, four people. We are uh, fourteen now, in in less than five years. So depends on it depends on what kind of work you're producing and you're doing more, and then then everyone sees the needs of having you and needing more people. So we grow if everyone grows. We are I'm a super teamwork. I mean, everything with with me is really team, team, team. Right. So, we do it everything together. What's really cool about this is that something as simple or what looks like maybe as simple as a conversation on creativity. Creativity is actually what's enabling people not only to change and improve their own efficiency for the company, but or in effectiveness and finding new things, but also for themselves. And I, I, I loved how you said, I want everyone to improve and grow. We, we want everyone on our teams to grow and, and they can grow by, you know, shedding the old, you know, skin or shell and then find and then growing a bigger one and like in continuing to grow and not just stay in that and that, you know, the safety of the shell kind of thing. It's really cool because it, it looks after um, not only the person, but also the marketing um, because to your point, things get old and like doing the old mm -hmm. ads from it, it doesn't work. You can't market like you're in 2000. You can't market like you're in the nineties. It's, it's different. Mm -hmm. Got to stay with it. Got to stay on top of it. And it's funny how it's, um, so you don't have to, we, we had in our team people that were very, very, very shy. Okay. So, I mean, how, how does it work? I mean, because you have to, to speak up and you have to share right. yourself. You have to. So there's a point of a limit of, uh, uh, we all are very different. And today, if we look at the, um, our marketing team, we have all different ages. We have all, we have part of the team that's from Manila, part in India, Part in in the US, and then we have uh, ages that varies from 60 to 22. I mean, it's all it's a mixed up. Wow. And then, uh, are you the 22? Yeah, of course. Yes. In each one of my legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish. Um, so, uh, and we have all different type of personalities, but there is a limit. We I had someone that was very very shy, okay. and that person wouldn't really share it was so oh. shy that it came to a point that we should, i would never know what the point of view was what the opinion was it wouldn't be uh, sharing and bringing up when we do brainstormings or when you're talking to people from different departments and you need to bring especially technical people you need right. to bring their point of view and everything so that interferes and in how creative you can be or sharing whatever is in your mind because we couldn't know what was in, on, on your mind yeah so, not mind readers yeah yeah, but I mean, how much do you interfere on her personality? She was shy. 
but it came to a point that was so shy that wasn't it was interfering the performance of her work but we do have people that are shy we do right. have people that are not talking that much and we learn each other and yeah. and so that's why working on team is important because once you learn each other you go okay now is your turn you know that there's always two or three that talks yeah. too much. So I myself, I have to control myself. You and me. Everyone yeah. else talks normal. It's just us that talk too much. And then I have to go, Carlos, shut up. Because if you talk, <laughs> no one else is going to talk. So it, it, you have to balance a little bit and you yeah. have to, to, to learn and, and concentrate. And I think we all are constantly learning. doesn't matter how old you are. Right. You always, you have to have that self-conscience that you have to control yourself and, and let everyone... So not everyone is outgoing and it's still, they feel comfortable to raise their voice and say, well, that's what I think, blah, 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 how I'm going to do it. How do you support that shy person? How do you support that person on the team who doesn't talk? First of all, I think uh, well, depends up to a, a level, but I mean, we do have today. It's um, making the person comfortable to talk. Okay. That's one of the first. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I, I think that's pretty much Stefanini is also an environment that, uh, makes everyone feel comfortable and the same. See, Marco Stefanini, we, we are still a private-owned company. Okay. Marco Stefanini uh, is the global CEO and owner, founder. He's the one that's going to treat a CEO and the cleaning lady exactly the same way. So everyone is going to feel as comfortable as. And that's a reflection on the management team. And, and so it's escalated to everyone. Right. So I think, and also you, you tend to choose on the top management people that have personality that meets with his way of guiding everyone right so i think making your team feel comfortable making your team able to talk and whatever they feel like it is the first thing and then pulling them sometimes oh your point of view now is your turn so and then the person naturally feels comfortable when the person feels confident if the person knows what you're talking about it agrees then if you have your space and moment to talk we have to feel comfortable Right. You know, you know, it reminds me, I think, you know, Google did a study a while back around like team effectiveness and they came up with exactly what they could have just asked you, right? Instead of studying all these things, you could just ask Carla, she'll tell us Google next time you have a question, just ask Carla. But yeah, the term they use was psychological safety, like trust. Mm -hmm. I know I can, cause ideas can be crazy, right? Like if we're in a meeting, I might bring up like popcorn stand with dancing dogs out front of wall street right and we got to be like okay that's hilarious casey but not like you're an idiot that's a terrible idea and i think you as the leader are really helping that too because you're making you're not doing that so your team knows okay we're not gonna make fun of each other for the worst idea is no idea i think not yeah, just uh -huh. an idea and, and i think one thing that i remember when i was younger it was like when i had my bosses saying oh we already tried that's not gonna work we already tried so you actually if you yes. think, what didn't work last year the world today changes so fast the digital arena made everything changing so rapidly yeah. so what didn't work three four months six months ago it might work today so what didn't work right. last year it might work today so don't tell uh, that's something i never do oh well we tried and it didn't work so we tried back then it didn't work maybe today it might work how can we adapt and see so bring any idea it doesn't matter so we, we might have the information that by then didn't work. Why? Let's see why it could work now. But I mean, I think that's a sign of growing old. I remember all my, those old bosses that I had, they're like creepy and old and they would say, oh no. So they keep 
making you feel bad by bringing you ideas because half of them they're going to tell you no it's not going to work no it's not going to work so yeah. that's something i never say because right. i was like it reminds me i don't want to get old and old people tend to think that nothing works because they have this <laughs> experience and they already tried everything and nothing worked yeah they tried everything right the iphone wasn't even around and yet we yeah. tried everything um retargeting ads and marketing automation and all these things but we tried it um yeah that that's a pet peeve of mine too the idea of we tried that um and i think that it's like there's some wisdom there like um, I saw recently an organization I was volunteering for, they just rebranded. They made a new logo, but it's like it's supposedly a big deal, but it's just a different way of doing it. And I was like, oh, they paid some marketer 50 grand to like <laughs> give them some fancy logo. Like that was a waste of time. Um, maybe I'm getting old, but I was just like, guys, the, the old logo was fine. Like this doesn't move the mark a little bit. Imagine if I came to you every, every time we're doing an annual planning meeting and said, well, I think we just need to rebrand, you know, uh, the company. That would be the best move forward it's like okay go with that where where are we going like take what's the next idea after that because that's that's not it but to your point try it try try things maybe not the new logos but an idea comes up the cool thing i like about marketing is that it's not necessarily you know your idea my idea they're not versus each other it's like let's try things marketing is all about testing and experimenting and seeing if that does work and do you also foster a sense where i know you have the trust in your meeting but do you have does your team have the ability to fail i mean it's kind of a weird question but it's like if i try this weird idea and it doesn't work now what no that, that's something uh uh very easily and we're all gonna make mistakes yeah we're all gonna make mistakes and the only thing is don't repeat it I mean, right. but we will. So, and I don't, I don't, I don't really care how, how, who did it. So that blame, there is a big culture yeah. of blaming someone who yes. was, so I don't want to keep blaming it. We don't have to go back and keep digging these tons of emails and go right. to the thread of finding exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, big corporate blame. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to waste time waiting two days or two hours to see. We know it's wrong. So that's what we can't not do again. So let's quickly get it very clear. It was wrong because of that. So let's avoid not to do it again. Move on and let's waste our energy and time to see how we do it right. It's so, so true. It wastes so much energy doing that. Because sometimes we do waste so much time trying to figure out who, when, and what was the work. I don't care. It's, right. it's, we all know it's wrong. So let's not repeat and waste our energy doing it right. Right. So yes, Learn we are. That. I mean, but you can't repeat one, two, three, three times you're doing it wrong. I mean, then it's gonna be a blur. Yeah, that's oh, true. That's true. I mean, you got you got to got to get on base. You can't just yeah. keep striking out. Um, but we all make mistakes, and yeah. and I have no shame on saying I'm sorry. Uh, I changed my mind. I right. I thought it was like this, and now I rethought and I rethink, or I made a mistake, or I've got a new information, and then and now I think this way, and let's revamp or redesign rethink right. whatever right it, it makes sense and I, let me know if you're hiring because you know <laughs> your team sounds fantastic like a but little we, incubator of great marketing ideas but when we think about the design thinking process today what is it like the the crazy hunt for the for the uh, postage everything we have we can't write on paper anymore right yeah. We have to write in postage and we have to write in postage. Why? Because we can move things around. 
What is right. the design thinking process? Uh, even the whole process is we are going to make a pilot. We're going to design the idea. We're going to put everyone to working together. It's not going to be like in the past. One, you're going to follow the flow of how things should be. No, we're all going to think together. It's not going to be 100% right. We're going to do a pilot. It's going to be wrong. And then we're going to launch. And then we're going to redesign because we see the mistakes. And then we're going to launch again. But then right. instead of doing two years, we're going to be doing six months because we're all working at the same time. We all know we're going to make a mistake. And then we're all going to rework on that and launch again. And still, we're going to be launching in a year instead of two years. Right. So, I mean, the, the design thinking process, it's accepting and embracing that we might have mistakes. So, so let's quickly correct. The, the postage way of having brainstorming and thinking about how we are thinking about the personas and, and even the journeys or whatever product launch or whatever app we are creating, we write on postage just so we can move them around the ideas and the thoughts so we can buck, buck them, put them in different buckets. We are all discussing and brainstorming. That's because we are embracing that things can change. So now more than ever, we know that we, as much information we have and we are now with technology getting more and more data and we haven't got time enough to do the analytics and to digest that data to make the correct decisions. So we are at the same time getting the data and thinking, yeah. digesting. So we're changing our minds. So let's postage everything. everything. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you have a you know, huge post-it uh, supply <laughs> in the office. Um, I, I think the thing with post-its and moving them around is that sometimes we get so linear. A, then B, then C, then D, down the alphabet. C doesn't go before A, like that's crazy. But, but that's kind of the thinking that you're doing with your team. You're saying, okay, this is the normal way of doing it. But what if I move this idea over here? What happens? And you're like, oh, we do the, do we do that first, and then we do the film. Like, oh, this maybe C could now. Let's let's yeah. pilot and see if we go C first. Do we have a better result? Right. Right. And the poster doesn't care. It's happy to stick anywhere. So you just <laughs> stick them all over the place. Where, where does AI fit into all this? You know, we, we, your team is just doing all of this creativity. At what point, I mean, what is AI? There's so much buzzwords around it, right? So many, and marketers are guilty of this. We're like, oh, my, my pen has AI in it. You know, it's like, it's a smart pen. You know, it's like, okay, is it really? <laughs> So, so I think uh, AI, artificial intelligence, is part of a, what we call cognitive computing. Okay. The cognitive computing is when we actually are um, getting some conclusions. We, it's not really thinking and rationing. So that's a, when we discuss also the difference between mind and brain. Uh, uh, so AI, it's collecting a lot of information and giving you some conclusions. So making that a little tangible, if I get all the data about one city, it has 10,000 people, and I get the information about everyone that's living there, I have information about all the schools, I have information about all the health cares, everything. Yeah. So I can prevent, I can predict what we'll need in the future mm. because I have the population. So AI, just by getting the data, it's going to be able to say, do you know what? In 10 years, we're going to need two more schools. We're going to have 120 new babies. We're going to need no more hospitals and prevent right. problems. Mm. So a lot of what we are doing is, but all these connections is based on data. And then 
coming and and adding up because right. you have the background history, the copy, and then you can build together what we will need. But uh, for example, when we are talking about um, the autonomous the driverless cars, yeah. So when you have something that's not predicted, something so the car AI is driving the autonomous car now, like yeah. Amazon already has the Amazon Air dropping with drones, right? Yeah. Uh, all the packages. Um, so those are driverless uh, uh, um, vehicles. Vehicles, the car, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly there's a big discussion. Now AI can drive pretty, pretty easily on a very controlled environment. If anything that's not predicted, that's uncertain, a bird suddenly felt here and right. hit the windshield. The car, it, it, I mean, or someone, a kid, like everyone talks, a kid, a ball stopped in front of the car. Right. AI, depending on the fraction of timing and how the timing is not going to stop the car. So those unpredictable situations, that's not, and AI is constantly learning, learning. Of course, it's going to get better and better because you're adding more information, you're adding more information. So the database, the knowledge database increases on whatever topic you're talking. So it's adding all the cells of information to understand when we say cloud, what is cloud in one way? Cloud is the sky. Cloud now is a service cloud where we host right. all the data. So there's different ways of, uh, I have different meanings for the same words mm -hmm. and you have to learn. Um, so AI, it's the integration of several different platforms, several diff different databases, and the connections that you can make with that and the correlations with that. So um, I think if you think about mind, mind I I and the stages that AI goes, mind is the feeling, is the thinking, is the emotion that we have, the yeah. rational that we have. But brain... Brain is those electric impulses that connect ourselves, that allow us to think. So we could say that AI is more related to the brain. So AI has more of a brain than has a mind. Doesn't have the feelings. It doesn't have the rational. It only has the statistics and the math of logic. When to right. give them information that will allow them to make a logic conclusion because it's a reflect, it's, it's like it's not, it's not adding feelings, it's not adding, adding unpredictable, it's not rational. Right. It, it's more AI would have a brain. I don't know if I made myself. No, I, it makes sense. It, it's, it's, it's not the thinking, the feeling, it's, it's the connections, it's looking at, looking for patterns and it's mm -hmm. modeling and predicting. And to your point, it's built to learn. So it's, it's able to receive input rather than I can't do anything different. Unless I get a new line of code. It's like, I can continue getting better. It's always learning. It's yeah. always improving. It will, but based on logic, based on data. Based on logic and data. Right. You know that, and that clears up, up a lot. And so I see the creativity side. I see the, the AI side. I have another word that gets used a lot lately. And I think I would love you to address this. You've only mentioned it once, but it's the idea of the digital transformation because I hear people throw this out probably just as much oh. as AI. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm like, I don't even know what it is anymore because everyone uses it. And like, is it just a marketing plan? <laughs> like what is a digital transformation? Um, 
uh, I always give an example that's dumb, but, but, that, but that's true. And now more than ever, because um, it takes a lot, a lot to explain. Okay. Even for our clients, um, to, to explain what the digital transformation is and how to do it, it used to take like sometimes a whole year to explain. Now with COVID-19, everyone knows that you need to be on the web somehow. Right. So, uh, but it's not only that. It's, um, if you have a, a factory that you produce chairs and if you think for the next year that you're only going to be producing chairs the same way as you're producing today you're going to be dead in less than five years you have to think about tomorrow you might be putting producing a machine that has like a flow there and people are going to be sitting on air so you have to think what's what's tomorrow what, what how is that going to be transforming tomorrow are we not going to have wood enough chairs are not going to be plastic and we can't use wood so what's going to be I mean, we all are transforming in somehow and how you're going to be selling and how you're going to be talking. So the digital transformation is the same way that we are connected, the way we are living today with no less contact in a contactless society, right. let's say, yeah. where we are using the, the means of using the website as the big environment. So I, I keep saying that we have uh, uh, earth, fire, right? Uh, right. Um, the land, the earth, water, fire, right, like the elements. The elements yeah. yeah. And then we have the web because uh -huh. it's another environment. Uh, it is as important as air is as important as the water, the sea is, it, it is another environment that's where we go. Wow. And then uh, we do everything. There's nothing we can do without being online virtual. Right. Right. So whatever business you're doing, if you have every, every business, that's out there with COVID-19 that had zero process on working online or mm -hmm. on the cloud or visibility online, it, it, it was dead. It was right. dead at zero because we couldn't reach each other. First of all, to be known, to be seen, it has to be on web. On web. Then to be preventing and predicting because you suddenly you couldn't be able to get your raw materials anymore. You couldn't be, so did you have a plan? Were you, were you able to see your whole supply chain process to see where was the weak link because now you're not producing or you, you can't deliver or you can't. So we have, and you have to do more, uh, every, everything we have to do, produce more, faster and cheaper. Mm -hmm. So doing it by hand manually, you're never gonna get anywhere and you're not gonna be competitive. And in order to, to, do, to be automated, automat automatized, to use automation to do that, you, you need technology. You need, what is automation? How can right. you, net, how can you, you, you be producing more cheaper and faster? You need technology to do it. Which kind of technology? Depends on your business. So there's not one recipe. It's not right. one size fits all. Depends on what business. Are you a school or are you a manufacturer for auto, auto uh, parts? Sure. Or are you a, like a florist shop? It doesn't matter. Your process you need to think the same way as marketing. We are thinking all oh, the repetitive actions should be done by machines or on an automotive, automata. Oh my God, I can't say this word. Automatize? Is that? No, automatize. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Automatize. And then we need humans to be doing more thinkable actions yes. and activities. So it could be anywhere. So being the digital transformation is looking at your own business and thinking. How can you add, a, 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 what can you automatize and what can you take the best advantages of your personnel 
to improve your business? How can you prevent and predict any changes that the market might have, which they always will. It, right. Now it's COVID. You have to be ready for changes. The world is changing. So what stages depends on where we look. I might go to a floral shop and then see what can we hear. Sure. It. Sure. Well, the way you describe it, sign me up. Because I think <laughs> it's like a requirement for every company if they want to stick around to be thinking about the future and being strategic in a sense, but strategic in a sense of how you being deliberately intentional about the digital side that, that is it the fifth element is the web, <laughs> like the movie, the fifth element. It's like <laughs> the web. Is the fifth element. Um, uh, that'd be a fun marketing campaign. There you go. We got an idea. Um, like it's important as air to your point and water is this web to your business. So just as important as your, your materials coming in is how are you using automation? How are you using? And your data, all your data. And data, yeah. The, all your data should be on the cloud, should be out there. So if you have physically all your data is still in a server, it's still on your premises of your company. I yeah. mean, you can't use automation the same way. You no. need to take advantage of automation as much as you can. Uh, and, and you need to be able to, if anything goes wrong, all your data, everything is on the client. You're never going to miss anything. You can just execute again with right. the devices in less than an hour if you have all the devices. Right. They're just a little way of going through the devices of machines or whatever you have. All your data and your working process and everything, it, it's still ready to be launched again in a different platform. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. Who, who are you? How did you, how, how do you know all these things? Can you take us back in time? Like little Carla days, what was it like growing up you? Um, did you always know you're going to be a, a marketing leader? Like take us back in time. Um, well, so I'm originally from Brazil. Okay. Um, nice. I haven't so, been to Brazil. It's on my list though, for sure. Oh, uh, it's not now. It's not, not it's now. <laughs> <laughs> but normally it's a really fun country right. it's very creative i would say it's a it's a happy country it's a um, it's an easy going place it's, it's very nice i have a but good I friend was, there so i we're gonna have to visit at some point but not when we're wearing, wearing masks yeah. and watching out for covid and all that but yeah it'd be great to great to get there so you're you you grew up there I grew up there, but I think I was very fortunate too. My parents gave me a great education. So when I was 16, I lived in Australia as a Rotary Exchange student. So that was wow. the way I got my English. And then it's how you learn about different cultures. So you live in a host family. So I lived in four different families. So you learn about people, about the first time you actually start learning that doesn't really matter where you come from, what the origins are, the origins are if, uh, language you speak or where you come from. We are all human beings. There are things that are in common with us. It doesn't matter what color, shape, or format we are. Right. We feel the same way. And especially when you live in someone's family, in the house. It's different when you're just traveling a little bit. But when you have to be part of a family in a different culture, then you learn that. So that was pretty good. Then that's the second time I live in the U.S. I was expatriated by a, a different company uh, in, in the past. Um, so I, I lived in Florida, in Boca, for three years, and I went back. Then, then I, now I'm living here, but I lived in Canada for two years. So I think one of the things I wow. like to, to embrace different cultures and understand about people, understand about um, um, human behavior a little bit. So I think that wanting to get to know people, it builds me and wanting to speak different languages, wanting to travel. Mm. I think 
the, the, the opportunity about being traveling all over and being able to speak different languages also because you have the body language and you have the feelings. So that helps you to get a little more. Absolutely. Uh, I traveled all, I can't, can't complain. I traveled everywhere, uh, all the continent. So that gives me a different uh, view of uh, the world and how people behave right. America, Africa, Asia, Europe. And so that, that's super nice. I think that's a little bit of me that makes up. And um, yeah. uh, I, I did, I love, uh, uh, marketing, I always, but I didn't I always wanted to do marketing. So I did engineering. I tried engineering and university. So I did three years of engineering, electronic engineers. I love numbers. So I, I keep saying that even now my job is to transform numbers, uh, colors into numbers because we're all here to generate revenue. I mean, if wow, we don't color. have our salary yeah. by the end of the month, we don't get happy. I mean, I'm, I love my work, but I need my, so it has to generate numbers. So I have to get all these colors. So it's, oh, the, when I say colors, it's all oh, this data that we get from marketing, behavior and designs and uh, advertising, whatever. But that has to translate into how much in EBITDA and revenue. Yes. I mean, if it, that doesn't translate in, in revenue and EBITDA, that is the coolest phrase I've heard in a long time. <laughs> turning colors, did you say translating or turning colors into numbers? Into numbers, yeah. 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 So I think that's a little bit of a, so I'm always concerned about Romy. So return over marketing investment. So what is the return on that? So that's great. But what do we get back? Right. So any idea. So perfect. That's a great idea. What do we get back? Right. What do I get in return? So, um, and I think that's a little bit of my background in engineering, mm. but then I didn't really fit hundred percent with engineering. It was too much. You're having too much fun to be an engineer. I, I mean, I did computer yeah. science, same thing where I was like, <laughs> I want to, I want to play games and have a good time. They're like, no, here's a microprocessor. Why don't you program that? <laughs> you know? But then I went to, to communication and I started with PR. Yeah. So I, I worked in Ogilvy Matter for the agency. So I worked in the agency side. I worked in the client side. I worked with consumer goods for built and care for more than 20 years. I was always with the consumer. And I didn't, and it was funny when you're in the consumer side and then you have this huge budgets and it's pretty much more branding and advertising. You look at B2B and you go, oh my God, B2B is so boring. Uh. <laughs> B2C is so much better. But once I got into technology, it's so much fun. Yeah. I mean, because it changes all the time. When you're talking consumer goods, consumer goods, first of all, you cannot launch a product that quick as you can launch a technology. I mean, it, it's not, so, and then once you launch it, you have inventory, you have, I mean, you cannot yeah. make changes. You cannot, it's, it's not, the, the ability to have virtual products, yeah. it's so much, it gives you so much more flexibility and changing. So you, I have to be constantly studying. So now we are studying, like I'm all immersed in smart cities and studying all about smart cities and life sciences, all the technologies that we bring on board for that. So when you learn something, then the technical guys comes with another buzzword or a new segment or a new, and then you have to, so that gives me, that's what I like about not being bored. So always constantly changing, changing, yes. changing. So I like that too. So I think that marketing gives that ability, but I love, uh, I love uh, cooking, like, like you mentioned. So I went back to the university also, and I went and, and graduated as a chef on culinary. You went to a culinary school? Like, yeah. how many years was that? It was only two because I already had the diploma, so I didn't really have to do the- uh, You already diet. had the core, the history classes yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. Wow. What was that like? So, so culinary is something that I think is fascinating yeah. too. 
It is so, fascinating. It, it, it allows you to relax and then allows you to, to be creative because, I mean, it's a chemistry. I think you get all the ingredients and everything and then you mix it up and it's weird, like bread, for example. How can you make, put flowers, like some powders and suddenly they grow and then suddenly right. they, and you can transform eggs. Eggs are so magic. What, what can you do with eggs? They transformed in so many different, like gas, liquid. It, it's so amazing, the transformation when it's cold or when it's hot or when you change the temperatures. So I think that transformation that you get on culinary and, 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 and the cooking, it, it amazes me. And the flavor that you can change sometimes. And the idea, I love Ferrand Rian, which is the, the Spanish chef, and he, does, he created the fusion cuisine which is a transformation of all the cuisines. You change a liquid to solid. So you have like a, ah. a lollipop made of olive uh, oil and then a frozen uh, uh, gazpacho. I don't know, it's all these different right. ways of looking at food. So that's something I tried also in a time, but it's still marketing. It's the way that we make that alive. So it's... Um, Right. And, and repeatable. And you can, you can make a marketing, th you can utilize AI to do that. And eventually maybe we have AI chefs, but right now it's like, <laughs> to your point, you can be the chef and you have a whole kitchen full of sous chefs. And then you also can have m machines processing things. And yeah, that's interesting. That's really Chemistry is already part of a, a very important part of the Ferrandria became so famous because he was well, Who's that again? You said that. Ferrandria. F-E-R-R-A-N, Adria, A-D-R-A-A, Adria. He's the only Spanish that beat the French as a top chef. Because he's always French, French. No, now we have a UK too, uh, a guy from UK. But he was, he was the one that created the fusion cuisine, which is that wow. transforming and changing the state yeah. of, uh, uh, of the ingredients. Uh, from liquid, solid to gas. And then, um, so, but he had a chemistry guy next to him. And I think uh, that's when he, he started 20 years ago. And I think today, I mean, the new generations of Fihandria, they all have AI working with them for sure. So mm -hmm. you, it's going to be so much easier to do all these fusions with, with an AI machine helping you. It's already right. fantastic. But again, we're talking about flavor and we're talking about smell and flavor. They're all linked to your memory. So mm. I might have one feeling. You might have another feeling. So um, if I'm, I'm trying something with nuts, that reminds me of my grandma when she used to cook cakes and gives me something really good memories. But for you, maybe you're eating that nuts cake when your mom and dad came to you and said they're going to get divorced. So oh. gives you that. And you don't even remember that. You would never realize that you were eating that cookie with nuts. But every time you, you, you bite or you smell nuts, it doesn't give you some good sensation. Right. So memory and feelings are all related to, to flavor and smells. So that's something that all are together. And so that's something that it's individual and it's personal. No AI again, no machine will be able, they can give you data for all the chefs to transform but the, the motion that's in the food or yeah. in the fragrance, it still needs always a human being to be done. Everything, we're always going to need a human being when we're talking about emotions and feelings and memories. And 
Absolutely. Do you ever see that movie? I think it was a Spanish movie, uh, Chocolat. Yes, I love it. Where they're it. cooking and and when she, talks was, about, yeah. she was crying and then the tears and her emotion goes into the food and everyone eats it because and then they was, all cry. Yes. Because she was putting emotion into the chocolate so everyone yeah. would feel that. I wish we could actually do that. That would be yeah. fun. <laughs> I was a big fan of when she was feeling kind of frisky and cooking and then everyone starts getting all like, hey, what's yeah. going on? Let's have a little party right here. I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that's a beautiful view. Yeah, you mentioned um, even with like the baking. And I think sometimes baking has less room for the creativity. Um, a lot of people, like even my wife prefers to, to cook because she doesn't measure. But when baking, you have to follow more rules because if you don't, things may go crazy. Um, but I, I do recall even recently making some pancakes from scratch and just – finding it magical that some powder and then one egg and some other powders and stirring it in some milk and butter. And then, then you put it up on, put it on the stove, it's just blah. And then, but then <laughs> it just grows and you, and you flip it. It has that beautiful little golden. I mean, this is simple cooking. I'm a simple guy. So this is like, but I just felt like, wow, I made a pancake and it started out with these little powdery things, you know, but it's crazy. I think if we look at sweets, yeah. So I think we would divide by savory and sweets. Okay. Savory, you can always add your own touch. You can, there is no, there's margin for, it's not an exact cooking. Got it. So more than, than baking, because baking, you can still, depending what can you're you? doing, you can, okay. yeah, depending on how much yeast uh, you put here or there. I mean, some things you might flop, but I mean, there's still, but sweets, I mean, if that's two ounces, it's not 1.9, it's not 2.9. <laughs> two ounces and right. it's not going to work so it's a very exact cooking the, uh, everything that's, that's sweet it's funny how the sweets don't allow you to play around with but the savory uh, does so in, in the survey that we have done we, we saw that a lot of men uh, that are not chefs not who actually chose that but men that likes to cook it's either barbecue or sweets yeah, it, yeah. it's more rational it's more interesting I mean, it's sweets it, 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 you follow the recipe if you really follow exactly the recipe you get there yeah you get there exactly but you have to follow and men tend to if they're they follow exactly the thing <laughs> <laughs> or barbecue because barbecue it's more of a manhood thing it's more it, it's kind of emotional power. too like, i think this is ready touch 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 yeah it's ready i no, but it's the fire is the outside it's of being is more masculine to touch with the fire one to one and it's funny when when you're talking to do a one-to-one interviews and and then you're talking to a guy and he's explaining why he's not even thinking because you start talking suddenly you're already talking to the guy for an hour and then he's talking by himself and he explains why a fire oh because it's more manhood because i can see the flame because i can feel the power and you go like i can get burned danger (laughs) it's unconscious it's funny how not all of them but some of them get carried away and then talking and then you say that's why it's power it's fire it's it's funny how barbecue and also it's it, it gets a more margin of uh, 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 it's not it's exact but it's not that exact. Totally. No one gets a thermometer to measure the temperature of the meat inside, but right. they can look and feel and tell. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Margin of error. Touch, touch, touch. The whole, you know, finger thing. Oh, this, yeah. and this feels, oh, this feels a little rare. This feels medium. Well, I guess it's medium rare today. I guess <laughs> it's going to be a little, little more medium today. Hey, all right. It's great. It's still tasty. <laughs> 
Uh, it's so true. And, and, and do, you, do you see different patterns for other people? Um, like, like women? I mean, these are like generalizations, but are, are there, there are different patterns? Yeah, they, more of the measured or? Cooking is, it's um, half of a presentation and half uh, of, uh, of actually cooking. So yeah. we're talking about non-chefs, talking about people. Non-chefs, like right. To, yeah, non-chefs that like to cook. So women is, it's um, more concerned also with the presentation. So setting the tables mm. and so if you're going to receive. So, and that's halfway there because if you have the same uh, uh, person that two people that actually cook exactly the same, one doesn't have a nice plate or a nice table set or a nice china and you, the food seems not to have the same flavor just yeah. because of the way you're presenting, the way you're eating it. So women tend in normally to have a nicer set of uh, more patient to be thinking about how you're going to be presenting the food right. than men. Men uh, and men don't allow anyone to help. Men, mm. it's my cooking, my moment. You don't cook, you don't. It's mine. When it's your, we don't share. We don't share if kitchen. We don't share. Yeah, it does drive me crazy if someone like pre-seasons the steak for for me. I was like, <laughs> well, I wanted to do that, and I probably will use twice as much. <laughs> but or they can, you can set the table because I don't like it. You can set the table. Right. And I'm terrible at it, right? I'm just going to, here's a fork. I'll probably put the fork on the wrong side too, you know? So, it's funny how though the women are more concerned to both of them and men less. And then women would allow to share the kitchen more, especially because normally also men normally, now it's changing a little more, more and more. But sure. yeah. in, in yeah. general, men don't cook every day and women do cook every right. day. So, for men, it's always just 100% pleasure because it's one day. <laughs> For women, it's okay. Today, I, I want to cook just to relax. But normally, I have to cook every day. Right. So, How do you know these things? You're reading my mind, Carla. <laughs> well, because I, I, I have done it even in the past. I worked with more, even marketing with several clients that were in the segment of a cooking industry because I also graduated. So I had... Uh, Kraft Heinz, I have several clients that I work wow. on the food segment. And we have done several researches for that too. Beauty and care and, and, and um, food services. There were industries that I worked in the past by the lot. Well, I can see, I mean, the fact that you, I feel like you're almost like a psychic telling me what I'm feeling when I'm cooking. <laughs> that sounds like some great research. Like it sounds like as a marketer, if you, if you know that much, you can, your campaigns will say the right thing. Like, you're like, no, we need to appeal to the this factor of our buyer, not this other stuff. This is what's important. This is what they're feeling when they're doing this. That's why data is very important. That's where AI helps. Because yeah. in the past, we used to have to have those huge uh, quantitative, qualitative groups and right. focus groups. And so uh, now we still can do that. But I mean, not every research is done in group and we can do virtually. And, we, and then we need time to analyze, to have all the analytics of that. Yeah. Uh, to better understand the human behavior so you can target them the right message on the right moment. Because on the buying cycle, we know we, we go through different moments. Awareness, consideration, definition, and advocacy. So we have to say the right moment, the right message on each moment. So how do I know that? So it's understanding human behavior. And, and there's so much more information that we need AI to help us to give that analytics. Mm -hmm. to us so we can read and comprehend so in order to to know all these we need to read but we we don't have time enough to do like when i started 20 years ago we would do a quantitative research but 
Now we work with three, four, ten. I'm working on 11 campaigns at the same time now. Wow. If you would tell me that in the past, I would say, you know, I don't, not that I want it, but I mean, five or six, but we do several things at the same time. That right. And then, uh, but because we have data and analytics that's going to help us right. to better understand our personas, their behavior, their needs, what they want to hear. And so we have uh, uh, platforms that allow us to search who is searching for Mexico trips that has kids that's thinking about vacation, August. So I can get that data, but AI can help me put that together. So I don't have to do like in the yeah. past. I remember my boss, she was one of my best boss in the past once uh, when she was teaching me how to be analytic, to, to do things, to think. Yeah. So she was, Carla, uh, uh, bring me here all the, 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 the advertising tapes, rolls, and I put it on my desk. So I physically put it there. Bring all the researchers for whatever brand. So I brought physically the research, put it there. Bring all the, all the uh, um, financial reports, physics, print. I remember, oh my God, that was old in that time. Like purple, big reports, yeah. printed the machines. That, so I brought physically all the research. So she looked at me and said, looking have you read all this have you seen all the tips yes of course and i did so what conclusion do you make out of it and i go what she was yeah you told me you read everything you saw the films you you, you understand what the conclusion you, you said what do you mean I, I couldn't really understand what she meant yeah she was like well carla you have to think i'm teaching you how to think so if you see the advertising, if you see the financial numbers, if you understand about the consumer behavior, if so all, each pile of things had that one thing, what is the next launch? What are the next launch that we need to do with this brand? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so actually she was the one teaching me how to think and do today. Even not that we don't need to think, of course we need, we just think faster, but AI, can make that conclusion. It's gonna bring mm. me each one of these results or main ideas of each one. It's up to me. So half the way is done. You didn't right. really physically to spend so much time like you used to in the past. That's why it's so important to get the correct data and be able to make that conclusion so you understand and then you can create the best campaigns and target the right message at the right moment to the right person. Beautiful. It's amazing. I feel like you you're still the chef you're the marketing chef you're still <laughs> doing these things i have a i have a hypothetical question for you if you can go back in time using a time machine that i might have in new hampshire here so you come visit after covid you know and you get some beers and let's do some cooking i'll grill uh, <laughs> i can make like, the bread right perfect oh perfect um i love bread um love hate relationship uh, <laughs> i eat too much bread um so you can go back in time and you can talk to yourself and right around the time you graduated from school, um, university, maybe from the co cooking side, but if you go back and talk to you then, what kind of advice would you give yourself knowing all the things you've learned and gone through and experienced? Um, I think, um, what kind of advice could I give? Yeah. I think that the to yourself. top years of your career are going to be where, where you're actually making a definition. Uh, and I think I was lucky to divert from uh, the segment that I was working because I worked for more than, than 20 years with the, with the consumer products uh, moving into, into um, technology. 
but mm -hmm. in, in general, when you're between your 30 to 40 years, that's where you're going to define the end of your 40s, when you're going to define what is the segment and who you're going to be. It's going to be hard to shift um, if you work for years and years in one segment. Okay. So uh, uh, the decisions you're making on this decade, it's, it's going to be very, very important of what you want to do forever. Maintaining the same social status that you have. Of course, you can always switch. But normally when you're going to start a new career, you're going to start from the bottom. You're not going to have the same salary, the same recognition, the same uh, uh, status, uh, right. professional status that you have. So, and we think it's, it's, uh, um, uh, it's easy to, to sometimes you're in, in a company, in, in one corporation, and you're in a doubt, should they change? I would get like, um, what I want to try to say is don't jump so much. Everyone mm. jumps so much. Okay. And then you keep switching for like five grams extra. If you love, passion is very important. Don't keep jumping around because of five grams here or five grams there. Or because what was that if you're happy? If you're happy. Right. If you're happy. Because the decision that you're making, sometimes they make switch. And I see a lot of people coming as, oh, I was always working on the automotive sector with marketing. But actually, I always wanted to be uh, an engineer. And then I actually graduated in the engineering. Can I go back? What do you think about it? And depending on what stage you are, and I didn't change because I was paying more here and I had kids. There was always an explanation, but mm -hmm. my heart is somewhere else. So follow your heart. Don't switch. And think about it that follow, follow your heart, especially on those, those last 35 to 40 years, because that's where you're going to get stuck. Unless if you're okay cutting your salary in half and then moving on, doing whatever you love. Got but it. if you're not okay, because you can always change. I mean, that, not that you can't change. Yeah. Maintaining the same because we're we expect to keep up, right? Keep so growing, you know, yeah. And then we do downgrade salaries. Yes, when you're fifty below, it, it does happen everywhere. You downgrade your salary, so you're going up and then you're going down. Choose to be where you love. Right. Choose to be uh, on those years. I think that's one of the things that I would advise. I was uh, uh, lucky to keep on marching, but I tried. So it's not a, everyone that you can switch, switch, switch and, and maintain, maintain your salary status. And, uh, right. And to your point, follow your heart and find, and, and it's like er, early on that early version of you needs to do, no, do you might jump. You might jump. Your heart is. Yeah. But then later on, it's like, you can't when you're 35. That's you're going to get stuck 35 to 40. You're going to get stuck on whatever you chose. So, if you're jumping around, don't jump when you're getting close to the 40s. That's right. all. Do it sooner, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or you learn, and, and, but to your point also, not following that extra 5K if you're in that yeah. passion zone. You know, because, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of us have had jobs we hate, and it's like you couldn't pay me enough money. Or, or some people do, though. You know, a lot of people in finance in some places where they're just miserable, but they're making lots of money. There, there's a balance there. Or sometimes what a lot of people say, well, I don't have flexibility. Now it's changing a little more because we right. all have more flexibility, do, but yeah. it's going to be, but I don't have flexibility. Uh, so I'd rather work from home three days or work from 10 to whatever flexible times, but you left a job that you loved because mm. you couldn't work one day from home or because you wanted to work from, uh, uh, I don't know, five to 10 at night and they wouldn't let you because they want everyone to work five to eight or whatever. Right. Um, so 
it's not only salary now. It used to right. be more salary. I think it's salary and, and, and everyone wants the freedom of a freelancer with the salary of a full-time employee. <laughs> <laughs> right. Those things combined. That, that, that's, that's amazing. I, I feel like I could talk to you all day. I, are you, do you have any cooking projects coming up? Are you going to be sailing anywhere and doing anything? Are you kind of at home like everyone okay. else? And, no, I'm at home like everyone else. Yeah. And I have uh, twin girls. They're 14 years old. Wow. So, teenagers. I hear, I hear stories. Mine are, mine are still under 10. So, I, I mean, how, how is it with teenagers? Are they doing great? <laughs> yeah, they are. The only thing that I see everyone talking, even my daughters, and it's they're that thing of staying at home. They're switch. They're changing day by night. So they keep watching films and things until three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Then they're waking up at like eleven noon. So every <laughs> mom is complaining. I don't know what to do. They're changing night by day. So I think they're getting on this holiday. It's gonna to be tough to go back to school once. I think it's gonna be yeah. hybrid going to be half and half right. and have a routine uh so you have time to wake up and you have to i mean it, just because you're home it seems the time zones and timing and routine are so let's the 2020 is being a crazy it year. is a crazy it will year. be a whole entire end of the year is going to be crazy so it's going to be hard to put them on routine and they need routine to feel they secure do. so it's going to be a little tougher by next year yeah, absolutely. I, I got to ask you about this too. You you did some swimming recently and it was on Lake Michigan. Was that the right? Yeah, I'm always going to lakes. <laughs> so you're amphibious. And and how long, did you swim for like an hour or something crazy like that? Oh yeah, I love swimming. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference that I, I, I love swimming. I always did swimming a lot, but I go into the lake and swim. But I always, I'm, I used to, I'm more used to the sea. Okay. So the sea it's a huge difference between the lake and the sea. The sea has salt. Salt. Floats. You float much So I now. used to go into the water and like swim for two hours and then come back. So I would be in the water for three or four hours easier. Wow. But in the sea. So once I get here, and I'm always, I, I, I did water sailing sports. I started sailing when I was six. Any wow. water sports I did my whole life. So the first time I came here, I started swimming. And then I just went to the lake and yep. it was pretty cold, but okay, because I like cold in Michigan. <laughs> then I swimmed, like it was an hour. And then I, oh my God, I'm getting tired, really tired. So I wanted to come back. I was almost dying. I was like, <gasps> because were you out or were you along the shore? Were you kind of no, like, out. you went out an hour? <laughs> oh, 45 minutes, something. Because it wasn't as easy as the sea. I felt right. tired and I was desperate to come back. I was like, oh my God, I, I don't sleep. I don't swim as much as I used to right. going back and forth because it's not as easy. No, no. No, but I went to Lake Torch, which is beautiful, okay. but it's smaller. So Lake Torch is easier to swim because you can, I mean, it's still pretty far, but you see the other side of it. Right. And like you get some lakes, the huge lakes like Huron or, Huron is not as, as good as Michigan, but those, you don't, it's like the sea. You don't see where the end of it. Right. So I feel a little more comfortable when it's smaller lakes where you can see the end of it. Wow. I, I don't know. Could you ever, I guess, how, I wonder how far you'd have to swim to not be able to see land or could you always kind of see land? No, no, you easy. It depends on how the, depends oh, where wow. you are in the sea because of the waves. Uh, it's easy. You don't even have to be that far because sometimes the waves are, you don't see it anymore. Yeah. Well then how do you know the, how to the get back? Lake, how do you know where, where the shore is? If you can't see. 
Because if you if you if you jump up, you you certainly will see. Oh, okay. You you go a little only when you're swimming, you will. Okay, so you you could always really kind of do that. Oh, well, I never went that far that I couldn't I was see. Say. No, 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 not see compass? it all at all. No, no, no. no. <laughs> No, I never went. Or, or when you have a boat, when it's right. quite common, you're in the boat, but then you always see the boat back. Did you, did you ever have like a flag or something with you too? Or like a buoy? No. You just, would people no. see you? Not run over you in a boat? Well, in the sea, it's very broad. I mean, yeah. no, you have to be careful. Yeah. Uh, no. No, but I never had that problem. It wasn't ever. Oh, you're you're a warrior. No. Yeah. Wow. No, but I, no, but I mean, it have to be very crowded, I guess, in lakes. True. That happens a little more. On the sea, I mean, you can always scream; they're gonna hear you. I mean, True. And you don't have that many boats. Well, and no sharks near Brazil. Is that not a thing? No. Did you hear today in in uh, in Maine? The oh, shark yeah? ate a ate a ate a, a girl, a woman. And, oh uh, the, no. Yeah. He died. So it, the woman, yes. The daughter, no. It was actually oh. in the news right in the, the morning oh, saying it was an uncommon to show up. Maybe she was in a, a, a diving, diving suit. I don't know. The, they were, I didn't hear the whole thing. But it was a big thing with sharks today. No, Jeez. but I never <laughs> had the pleasure of seeing. Only on purpose when I went to Tahiti and then we went diving with the sharks. But then it was with a with an structure and everything. And you right. see the, the so you wouldn't, are you not worried about that if you're swimming? When, when you're swimming? Well, I, uh, I guess I don't go to places. Where See, that's why lakes are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I still like to float a little more. No, I the know. water, the, the, the transparency of the lake and the yeah. sea is so different. The way the crystality, the, the, I don't know that word exists, but the water is crystal, but it does have something different when you're diving in the lake or when you're diving uh, in Tahiti or in Fiji or in Brazil, when you're like going in Mexico, the water in the sea, it has something that's different. I don't know. The, Is it more cloudy because of the, all the minerals? No, 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 I don't know. It's the, the impression, the feeling. It's like if you have a filter on the camera kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, it's a different yeah. filter. I don't know why. I, I, the, the first time I started diving, it was like here, right? I moved yeah. five years ago. So it, it, it feels different. It feels Tastes a different. different. Yeah. yeah. Tastes totally different. Yeah. And you're like, I'm like, wow, it's salt everywhere. I know you're like, oh, this is like. But you don't have to worry with, with the, the, the short too. One of the first times we got the little boat and then we left and then it was like kind of five, six o'clock and it was, oh my God, we have to go back. And even my daughters, they were like 12, 13. It was mom. There's no tide here. You don't have to be worried about Because normally when you're in the sea, you're always concerned. Yeah. The time you have to go back. Right. You have to go to a marina or something in the river or going back to, to, to the club or something. And it was like, no, mom, there's no shore. There's no high tide. There is nothing. You don't have to worry. Right. There is sometimes in the big lakes, but, big not ones, yeah. that, but not huge as that you wouldn't be able to come back or go or the tide would get so high. So that's one of the things that's better in the lake. You can be out and about any time without being concerned. Right. Right, and no sharks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Man. I guess there's big, big fishes also in the lakes. I guess. Yeah, but hopefully, I don't think they're interested in people. You know. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get me all worried at the end of the podcast. Hey, where where can people connect with you if they want to reach out, like LinkedIn? Those LinkedIn, kind of Carla Ferber at LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, they can always um, reach out to me and uh, or Facebook. Uh, perfect. In Instagram. Perfect. And, and Stefanini, it's stefanini.com. 
Stephanie at Carla.Ferber at Stephanie.com. That's my wow. email. Even your email address and everything. That's amazing. You can reach out. And, and you know what? Throw out the, um, the, the blog, the, the Comita blog, um, if you want to promote that. <laughs> you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, we can. Uh, I used to do it, but then I, mean, I didn't do it anything for the last five years. That's I funny. have created um, a blog and a and, um, um, YouTube channel with my daughters that was about cooking. The, the idea behind that, I think my daughters eat about everything. And I saw some <laughs> friends that wouldn't eat anything. And they still have friends here that won't eat anything besides mac and cheese. So the idea was to create foods that had different forms and shapes and feels and looks that would make kids want to eat anything. So wow. the idea is always to create foods with shapes and formats. And then we so created a lot of recipes that uh, would make kids eat. So we, I used to even give some classes in some schools on the weekends for, for kids. And then uh, we made about uh, 20 films with different wraps and recipes. So the girls created the name. It's uh, Food With Life. It's Comida Con Vida. And then okay. uh, they created the logo and everything. Uh, and there was always me and the girls cooking and teaching some funny, happy oh, cute recipe that, that would uh, make the kids. And, and some moms, would, we would have classes on the weekends and, and, and do with the kids, especially with their friends and things like that. And the moms would say, well, my kid doesn't eat raw fish. I said, I didn't because today they ate a little fish here. They ate a little snail here. They ate, we made right. a little balloon. So if they, depends what they're looking, if the shape and the format is different, if it is uh, in a colorful and food has to have color. And yes. then if you have those, like a rainbow color, and then it has also the protein, a veggie. And if they see different formats and colors, they eat. So it's a, it was a very nice project to, I was actually talking to one of my daughters yesterday, one of her friends, her best friends, loves to cook. And I was like, oh, why don't you girls start cooking and then film some recipe and then put back on Comida Comida? Because I haven't got time to do that anymore. Right. And they're big, so they don't want to, don't tell anyone, mom. Don't tell anyone. Uh. Like, oh, I'm embarrassed because they were smaller. And I go like, now it's time for your girls to like, put some stuff there and help yeah. other kids to eat as well as you. They, they eat everything. I have to say. So Absolutely. I'm looking at a banana dipped in chocolate with goofy <laughs> penguin eyes and nose, salmon teriyaki. I just want everyone listening to be as hungry as I am looking at this. <laughs> um, uh, wow. Yeah, the salmon teriyaki yeah, is we, we made like traveling around the world, there would be dishes from uh, different countries. Uh, so every time it would be a different country. Thai rolls. Yeah, look at all that. Wow. Wow, wow. They should pick it up, and if not them, somebody should because that's a that's yeah, a cool project. Maybe a little crowdsourcing or something. That's fantastic. Yeah, we'll link like to, to that in the show notes. Maybe in the future, I have time to go back, or one of the girls start going back and doing something because it was before we we had some recipes that were like we had over twenty thousand, some of them with twenty thousand views. It was really fun. well back in the day. Back in the and day, and now yeah, and we used to have. Uh, we, I think we came up to almost five thousand followers. And then now, not anymore because we don't post anything anymore. So it would be cool to see you cooking with teenage girls now. That would <laughs> well, be cool. I doubt they want to cook with me now. <laughs> no change. Uh, they and the mom. Oh, come on. They'll, maybe they'll appreciate it in just maybe a year or two, but it's <laughs> such a cool thing. Yeah. It is. It is fun. I will, one day we'll be back. <laughs> one day we'll have it back. Um, you, have to, you have to update me. We'll have to chat some more at some other point and sure, sure. tell me it's more about it. 
Um, well, thank you so much for being on here. I just, it's been so much fun to chat with you for the last few minutes. I don't know if you looked at the clock, time just flew by. Oh, that's right. No, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes. It was uh, super nice. It's, it's always fun talking to you. You just make us feel comfortable asking questions. Blah, 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 so. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's the whole goal here and just having fun. And I learned so much from you. And for those that are listening, if you've learned something, and I freaking know you did because I have two pages of notes over here, front and back, uh, margins, writing the margins. Um, I learned so much. So for those listening, if you've learned something, share this episode with someone else. Be a thought leader. Uh, digital transformation, AI, creativity, the, the ways that you can help your team out. If you've got a team, you want to help them be more creative, share this with them and then put your thoughts on there and LinkedIn and talk about all the different ways you can do that. Tag Carla, tag myself and let us know what you learned. We'll, we'll chat with you on there too. So um, this is just fantastic. Thank you again, Carla, for being on here. Thank you. It was my, my pleasure. So let's keep in touch. We will for sure keep in touch uh, and we will get food. Comida is on the menu as soon as we can travel again. I can't wait. Um, and this is amazing. So for those listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. 